to Align, Don't Hustle, bringing you inspiration for alignment and abundance in your life and business. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we live, work and play. We encourage everyone to learn about and celebrate the rich and diverse First Nations cultures. I'm Matilda, co-founder of Myoni. And at Myoni, we want to improve how people feel about periods and flow with the four phases of their menstrual cycle. We're also huge advocates for identifying flow in other areas of our lives, using our passions to help guide the way we build our lives and businesses. That's why we created Align Don't Hustle. In this podcast, we share the stories and learnings of people creating a life they love. We found that while building Myoni, when we stopped pushing the proverbial uphill and stopped hustling for the sake of it, we were able to step back, make better decisions, listen to our gut, align with our heart, womb, whole being, and our menstrual cycles. To learn more about Myoni and sign up to our email, visit myoni.love. Now, on with the show. In this episode, fellow co-founder Sarah and I chat to Dee in Paris. Dee is an Ayurveda practitioner, coach, and yoga instructor. She gives insight into how she lives her life with balance and how Ayurveda can provide foundations for this. This chat is a beautiful introduction to Ayurveda as a practice and a philosophy. We explore how Ayurvedic practices and yoga can work together to support your life and menstrual cycle. If any of the practices discussed in this episode sound good to you, we encourage you to explore them more with your healthcare professional to make sure they're right for you. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dee. It's exciting to hear from you today. Um, we wanted to get to know you a bit better and just um, understand a bit of your background and the kinds of things that you do um, in your job as well. Hi, Matilda. And hi, Sarah. So my name is Dee. Um, I practice Ayurveda, which is uh, ancient medicine from India. Um, it's a nat- naturopathy that's still practiced today, and it's like 5,000 years old, so it's quite amazing. Uh, they say that it's even older than Chinese medicine. And uh, so I do massage, like body work and um, healing work for the body, and also uh, like um, consultation to help people to design the the lifestyle so it's around food and giving herbs and having the good habits that helps you to be aligned with nature because it's a lot about ayurveda how do you do you put yourself into the macrocosm of of nature (laughs) so for us Um, that aren't as familiar with the ayurvedic uh, practice what are some of the (laughs) principles of that um so it's a it's a medicine based on the wisdom of the five elements all right so earth water fire air and ether and uh the the rishis so the sages of india had defined some qualities to those uh, to those elements and they say that we all contain all these elements within ourselves And so the principle of Ayurveda is trying to determine what is your guide element, all right? Um, 
people know it as dosha. It's actually a blend of two elements. It's called vata, pita, and kapha. And um, as you understand what is your predominant dosha, your predominant element synergy, you'll be able to have a life that corresponds to that energy. So for example, if you're fire energy, you don't need more fire because your fire will increase and it will create some reactions like inflammation in the body or angers, irritation in your behavior. Uh, so what you need is to do the opposite, is to bring, for example, cooling activities, cooling foods, cooling herbs in order to balance your energy and keep it to equilibrium. It's all about keeping things at an equilibrium in harmony. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. I'm just, yeah, thinking now about different ways you might be able to identify that in people. Um, and is there, are there tips and tricks that you would have for people who might not know what their dominant Dosha is? Yeah. So <clears throat> you have a lot of questionnaire online, which I don't necessarily say it's the best way to really know for sure what your dosha is, but it can give you an aspect of it. Usually it gives you what is your dosha that is most in balance. And in reality, you need to know what is your birth dosha, what is your true essence. And sometimes the questionnaire online do not answer that really so precisely. So I always say it's better to go and see someone like me or a pure Ayurvedic doctor to be able to, to know that. Because when we, when we start coming into this world, especially nowadays, we build up so much imbalances from the food that we eat, from uh, the traumas that we have. Sometimes it's kind of hard to, to see the difference between your imbalance. That can start from even when you're in the womb of your mother <laughs> uh, to actually what is your real your real essence, your real potential. So I, I would go like one of the best questionnaire, I would say that it's on Banyan Botanicals, which sells Ayurvedic uh, organic plants online. It's an American company. They have a really good questionnaire that can give you a, a good tip on who you are, but the best is really to go see, to go see someone. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. No, I think that's great insight. And it's something that people have probably heard about, but not investigated. So it's something we can, yeah, it's another tool in the toolbox for people if they want to go and um, yeah, look at that balance a little bit more. And yeah. um, so is there anything that you would recommend for people um, when they're looking at things like their menstrual cycle? Um, is there any Ayurvedic practices that would be beneficial around different phases of their cycle or different ways of balancing out, um, you know, if they've got any pain and, and things like that around their menstrual cycle, there's usually um, a reason behind that. So I'm just wondering if there's a, a practice around Ayurvedic medicine. Oh, yes. <laughs> there's many, many things uh, in Ayurveda. We could talk about it for a while, but Ayurveda is a holistic medicine. So usually what the the core issues, according to Ayurveda, in terms of uh, your cycle, comes from the food you eat. Because the prince, one of the principles of Ayurveda is that 
all your sickness comes from your capacity to digest foods. Because anything you digest becomes what we call rasa. Rasa means uh, the juice, the nectar of life. And in, uh, in um, allopathic medicine, rasa correspond to the lymphatic system. And the sub, uh, the product that um, brings uh, our menstrual cycle and the milk in a woman that uh, has a baby or is about to, to birth comes from that lymphatic system. And so this first tissue that is the rasa is actually coming straight up from the food you eat. So if you're not eating properly, and if your lymphatic system is either lacking of nutrients or having inflammations or having a lot of toxins, this will impact your cycle. And so you'll have like maybe irregular cycles. You might have this pain, the premenstrual syndrome cycle, um, syndrome. Um, you might have too much blood, not enough blood, and all of that starts really from what you're eating and how you're eating it. And the second thing that we could say, I mean, let's say two more things. Um, there's a practice that is uh, not so famous, but I like to teach to people is to uh, incorporate vaginal douch, uh, the Ayurvedic vaginal douch. Um, so it means to do a decoction, some kind of a tea. Uh, the one that I really like uh, is the rose and raspberry. And uh, you make a, a tea out of it and you put it inside of your womb and uh, it helps you to cleanse the womb and to bring all the healing qualities of those plants inside your womb. And the third point that is very important also, which is Ayurvedic and Tantric, is to be able to realign yourself with the cycle of the moon. So making sure that your cycle is mirroring the cycle of the universe in terms of the moon. Yeah, wow. That's very powerful. Yeah. Are there any tricks you would give to people who would be looking to change their diet? Um, would it really come down to understanding where you sit with your, um, the balance within your own body? Or are there things that are, mm -hmm. can be um, prescribed, I guess, for, for a broader, um, for everybody? Um, hmm. So Ayurveda is always, it's a bit hard to like give general, sometimes general uh, reading because it's always, we're trying to help someone in particular. Uh, so what I would suggest is to make sure that your digestion is good. So it means um, having certain practices that helps your digestion to be efficient. So if you're having diarrheas or constipations or bloating regularly, first make sure that you find the ways to fix that because it, uh, let's say uh, your big intestine 
and your womb are linked into the Ayurvedic world. So if there is a stagnancy or an energy that goes too fast or something with a lot of toxins, this will impact your womb. So it's good to do a little detox. And I would say maybe the easiest way, which is not purely Ayurvedic, but I recommend that for people is to do like juicing, incorporate juices in your in your diet, like carrot juice and beetroot, for example, is very good for the blood. It's very good to cleanse and move the lymphatic system, purify it, or some wheatgrass juices for some like green juices um, that you will do. That will be the first tip and added uh, a lot of like spices like ginger, cumin, fennel seeds into your food to help your digestion be uh, much better. And if you're having hormonals, uh, hormonal issues, what I would suggest is to try uh, an Ayurvedic herb called Shatavari. Um, and Shatavari, so it's S-H-A-T-A-A-R-I. Uh, is very good for any kind of hormonal imbalance uh, and it will help regulate your menses and even if you're going towards menopause for example it's very good also to uh, make sure you don't have too many hot flashes or all those like symptoms that are not very very nice awesome that's great insights I was just sort of thinking about a friend of mine who's an Ayurvedic practitioner. She, she was says, talks about the Agni, like the digestive fire, what Dee was saying, and says, before you eat something, like think, is this going to put my fire out or keep it burning? What do you think about that, Dee? Well, I think that's a great insight. It, it, means, it means understanding also the qualities of fire, yeah and for example thinking that well it's just like observing nature so for example if you're um thinking about a fire and you're putting cold water on it of course it's gonna tend to extinguish it or to make it weaker so ayurveda will say well you have to put water in your system but maybe drinking hot water or teas or herbal teas will help increase that fire, right? Uh, if you're putting earth element on the fire, on a fire, it also tends to extinguish your, the fire element. So make sure that you're eating foods that are easy to digest and not so harsh, complex, and heavy, for example because they represent the earth element within yourself in a way that might extinguish your fire. So I think that's a really good tip. And it, it means to like connect and think and observe nature to see uh, from your intuition also, uh, what are the foods and the drinks that you can add in order to have a strong agony, which means fire, which means the digestive fire. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I think that's such a, um, a nice reminder because we are very, um, we're very drawn. We often lose our way in terms of being connected to nature um, in, the, in our lifestyles at the moment. 
So that's a nice ethos to come back to is always thinking about that within ourselves and what our balance is. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we just have, we are reminded by Ayurveda that we are nature. We are not separate from nature. We are that. We just have the really to be lucky that we have self-awareness compared to some other animals who have awareness, but not necessarily self-awareness. So that gives us a certain freedom to like experiment so many aspects of life. Awesome. Um, I'm going to get my little list out. I'm sorry. I've Dave, could you tell really. us also, you're a yoga teacher, so... Um, how you came to study yoga and how you implement that in your work? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, for those who might not know, actually Ayurveda and yoga are sister medicines. I would call them, they're like twins actually. Uh, a lot of people forget about Ayurveda, but if you want to have a proper, deeper uh connection to yoga, it's really important to at least practice a little bit of Ayurveda because Ayurveda is the health system that supports our practice uh, of yoga. Yeah, makes us be more healthy um, um, and helps us to have really this better practice of yoga. Um, me, in terms of, of um, of my yogic practice just to bring awareness more into my body helps me for example to connect better to my womb to feel also what's going on in there and if if you think about yoga yoga has what we call hand gestures it's called mudras and there's certain mudras is called for example the yoni mudra uh, we're talking about my yoni, but <laughs> the yoni mudra helps to like bring prana, so life force into your womb to help uh, the spiral of life into your womb to make it clear and clean, to bring essence back into your womb. So just by doing this simple practice of a yoni mudra, you can heal your 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 womb and you can bring the shakti so the the feminine energy moving in there and being really powerful beautiful i think we're all going to have to look that up we might even have to do a, an online yoga class <laughs> in this day and age where we can't all get together face to face let's do it um <laughs> yes have you found bringing um, I guess this, your business life and your personal life and your, your lifestyle together, has that been a, an easy journey, developing this business around um, such a strong drive around it, Ayurveda? No, it, it, it took, it's been taking me and I'm still in the process of that. It is, I fell in love with Ayurveda. I never thought I could make it a job. And, and then it took me over for me to step into that world, to make it a service. And, um, and yeah, it's not an easy journey. 
like Ayurveda is not as popular, for example, as Chinese medicine. It's still a lot of people, even in the yoga world, who have no clue about Ayurveda. So, and it's also not easy to even implement the routine. It's like um, an adjustment that I do all the time. So everyone who feels like, oh, I'm struggling with putting in place the Ayurvedic routine or even the yogic routine, just know that it's a process. And it's like a day-to-day, even moment-to-moment work. And don't beat yourself up if you can't get it right even a lot of practitioners don't do a perfect job it's just having the awareness and trying every time to go back to it to go back to it to go back to it even if you fall out of the path and that's been my journey there are times where I couldn't do like the whole Ayurvedic routine or I kind of let it go and then I went back to it and I think it's a, it's a okay rhythm. I'm curious because I know we're speaking to you from Paris um, and you've lived in Australia. And I just mm-hmm. wondered if there are other, if there are different um, nationalities or cultures that um, really embrace it or if there's other places that have a, an, another language around Ayurveda. Is it easier to um, talk to people about Ayurveda in different um, in different languages, but also different cultures. Mm, yeah, there is. Obviously, it depends um, who you talk to. If you talk with an Ayurvedic doctor from India, sometimes they make it really like hard to understand because there is all this Sanskrit word and uh, this um, connection to the Indian culture that is, of course, inside. But when you're in Europe or in in um, in Australia, for example, or any other places in the world, I was also I've been living in Guatemala as well. There is a way to make Ayurveda accessible, and for me, it's the way of going back to symbolism, to looking at nature, to making people understand through a way that is simple and understandable by everyone and uh it's the it's the language of 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 nature yeah and um a lot of people are able to embrace it of course in paris i've seen that in australia you have like really amazing practitioners uh not only indian people but also like aussies you know (laughs) and um yeah and uh, also israelis i've seen people from all over the world and well i'm i'm caribbean but i've seen also like people from from africa uh embracing um ayurveda as well fantastic and it does it seems like it's a more more of a universal language when we talk about nature and our alignment with that that's really beautiful Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Ayurveda describes itself in his scriptures as being, we are this kind of eternal source of wellness, you know, and so it means that it's actually universal. We just have to kind of get out sometimes of the complicated ways of like the Sanskrit terms and make it more open for not only different cultures, but also the modern life. You know, how do you embrace Ayurveda 
into today's life in the modern world. And it's totally possible. And it brings so much well-being, even though it's 5,000 years old. It's kind of incredible. <laughs> Long-standing themes of alignment within that. We, you're right. It's pro more of a translation to how our modern lifestyles have taken over in, in that respect. That's really beautiful. Now, yeah. I've got a, a few questions that I ask everybody, and they're just mm -hmm. little quick-fire questions. Um, what's the one thing you can't leave home without? Ooh. Oh, my God. The one thing I cannot leave home without. Oh, that's a, a good one. Actually, I'm, I'm not sure. You mean leaving the house or just well, traveling? Oh, either, really. Yeah. I mean, out of the house, but if there's something you can't leave the, the country without. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I like to have, yeah, my spices when I can, usually most of the time. So wherever I am, I can like chew on a little <laughs> spices of the moment to help my digestion. That's awesome. something quite important. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Where, where's your favorite place to go to unwind? Hmm. Your favorite thing to do to unwind? Hmm. Lately, I've been liking just going into nature, finding a spot where I can just lay down and connect to Pachamama, <laughs> to, to, to the earth, to the ground feels really good. It feels like I can just let go and surrender. surrender. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, where's your favorite place to get inspiration? Hmm. Maybe going on the place where there's water, mm -hmm. like a lake. I was living on the lake and it's been a great inspiration and going also on the beach. I'm I mean, my ancestors are from an island, so anything that has water, rivers, is a great way for me to, like, get um, creativity, inspiration. Nice. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> and I guess from an Ayurvedic perspective, what's your favorite practice or, or a yogic one? Yeah. Lately, I think the, the vaginal Dutch, which, which is called Uttara Basti, has been my absolutely favorite because you put this warm tea inside your womb that you leave a little bit inside. It's hard to keep it. And when it comes out, it feels such a relief and it's such a, it has centrality. It has like letting go and it feels like so grounding and uh and it gives a lot of pleasure i really really love this this practice um and my favorite yogic practice is i think breath work pranayama so breathing deeply and um I do this Kriya with mantras as well so those two together is like my go-to on every day and it uplifts my mood and moves the energy inside my body. I'm really thankful for my breath. <laughs> awesome. 
yes I think that's a reminder too we do forget to breathe <laughs> let alone do some <laughs> conscious um work so I think yeah we can all take away a little bit of that um thank you so much for chatting Dee if anyone wants to get into know a little bit more where can they do that or how can they find you uh, I have a website, so they can connect on me with my website. It's called Dile Borneo, so I'm French. Should I say how it's written, or I don't know if you're going to put it for me on your website? I can put some notes if you like, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you can contact me on that. I'm available through email and, and WhatsApp and Instagram as well with the same, the same as my, my website and uh, Facebook. So those are the ways you can contact with me. I'm better on WhatsApp, so you can find my number on, on my website. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you so much Thanks, for having Steve. me. <laughs>